before we begin, I need your permission to administer the report. This place can really mess with your head. Drip on. Acknowledge. Drip on. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And this time, uh, despite protestations from at least one of us, uh, we are covering <laughs> Escape from Spiderhead by George Saunders, which was published in The New Yorker in... 2010. 2010. Uh, which was adapted into the new Netflix film, Spiderhead, starring... Thor. Chris Hemsworth, yeah, Thor, Thor. Um, Miles, Miles Teller, Teller. Uh, Journey Smollett, um, don't think I recognized anybody else in there, and directed by Joseph Kaczynski, I think that was the name, the, the same guy who did the new Top Gun movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Any similarity between the two? Nope. Good. <laughs> not, not really. Well, Miles Teller's in both. <laughs> so. Uh. so maybe he's a favorite of that director, and directors sometimes have their favorites. Um, so this was a story that I, I think we... Like, I saw the trailer for it, found out it was adapted, and thought, okay, this will be an easy one to pick up. And then, I can't I think maybe, James, you read the story before I did, and then, Colin, you yeah. read it. You read it, and, like, you could have warned me about it. I'm like, I haven't, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't read anything yet, so I don't know what I would have been warning you about. Um, and then, then you were kind of like, well, okay, you read it, and let me know what you think. And I thought the story was interesting, um, and so we decided to, to cover it. But this is a case where I think we do need some content warnings. Uh, trigger warnings, you know, if you will. Because, yeah, what, what what are the content warnings we would want to give if, if people are triggered by particular things? Um, Non-consensual has... sex, suicidal right. ideation. That's basically the two, the big two. Right? Ab- abuse. Yeah. I mean, that's more than more than you really need. Um, if, if either of those are, are going to be a problem for you, avoid the story, avoid right. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked in the past about, like, when we did the Invisible Man thing, you know, I talked about how... Uh, I just kind of found Hollow Man a little, well, quite reprehensible because of the rape part. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the fact that, you know, that character who was raped didn't even have a name. Right. Um, and, and like, was just, just an object to to be abused in the movie. Um, and so so there's definitely, like, I can understand where, where you're coming from about, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, but you, I think you found the, the story morally reprehensible. Yeah, I... Uh... I don't understand the purpose in publishing something like this. Yeah. I guess it, it would make sense to, to cover what exactly this is about. Um, do you want to tackle that? I can try, because it's, it's a pretty broad stroke on what happens in the movie, too. Yeah. yeah. So, as an alternative to being incarcerated, several prisoners are given the opportunity to participate in a series of experiments where they have mood and mind-altering chemicals administered to them. Um. Yeah. And then as the reader or the watcher of the movie, you get to watch the, the effects of that. Right. And the people in the story are watching it as well, because that's part of their, there's experimental design going on. And you don't find out until sometime through both. Well, I think the movie kind of front loads it, that you know they're prisoners. Yeah. Uh, the story doesn't mm-hmm. give that away right away. You just know that they're, it starts off quite innocuous, right? Where it's just... Uh, Drip on. Yeah, starts off as part of the experiment. Yeah, yeah and, and it's just the, um, whatever the one that enhances perception was. And then and then they amp up the uh, verbaluce, or verbaluce. Verbaluce. <laughs> With the, way, the way it's spelled. Um, it's like in Italian, would mean like, like word light or something. Right. <laughs> um, where it makes you more articulate, so that you can describe the greater things that you're showing. And yeah. it talks about, you know, well, what if you wanted, um, you know, 
you wanted to enhance creativity and um, and description of things. What what if you wanted to um, enhance the perceptions of a security guard or you know someone responsible for keeping an eye on things, right? Then then you could mm-hmm. use these these drugs that they're testing. Um, and there's always the the protocol of drip on because they have a pack on them that administers some kind of drug, presumably probably straight into the spine. Um, yeah, or in, right. into the cerebral spinal, spinal fluid or something. Um, and there's there's a variety of different ones. You know, like like I said, it starts off with the innocuous ones, but then it gets to the mm-hmm. the you administer this one and you'll bone down with whoever in front of you, um, if, as long as they're. I, I they never did show the like the unequally dosed thing. Like, what would happen if one person was super right. horny dog and the other person wasn't more dosed than the other person? Yeah. And it's yeah. not just horniness, right? It's just like all of a sudden they found each other, find each other insanely right. attractive, and one thing leads leads to another in there. Yeah, I had a question for you about that one actually. Uh-huh. I was curious about the way that. Well, uh, okay, so when Thor did it, <laughs> took that at, um, when he was went to bed or whatever, right? And we get that pan out view where he's looking at himself, mm-hmm. and the way you asked the question or the way you made your comment, it. Kind of seemed like you think that he might have been looking at a mirror of himself, back down on himself, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, I guess what I was wondering about the the N forty, I think it was, mm-hmm. right? Um, is do they have to like uh, put like put an object in or a person in somebody's mind before they administer it to make them love that thing that they've already focused their attention on? Right. Or you know, like what if they did it without focusing your attention on anything? What would you love at that point? You just feel great love and harmony right. for the entire world. And I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of makes me wonder what, you know, what, uh, what's his name? I'm nasty. I'm just going to kill on Thor. Steve. <laughs> Steve. Steve. Yeah, it's kind of make, it makes me wonder what, what Steve was loving when he was doing it. Or, or was his mind I, so I, focused on the work that it just like enhanced his love of the work he was doing? Right. Made him, made him feel yeah. just really good about everything. Right. Um, or it was, uh, you know. Self love of some kind. Yeah. It, it, it always, <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there was that too, right? Which right. was like, what's he taking this? What's he? Oh, get, get yep. me out of here. <laughs> it, it was elliptical. So, you know, I'll not approve of that. Um, we're probably going to blur back and yeah. forth between talking about the the story in the movie because the basically everything in the story is covered in the movie except for the. I think the everything in the story is covered story. in the trailer. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, that's a good point. By the oh, way, that was have, the first thing I thought of because I watched the trailer. When you mentioned it, mm-hmm. and then I went and got the the story from the library, read it, and as as soon as I was done with the, <laughs> we have panting dogs right. present, by the way. Sorry about that. As soon as I was done reading the story, I was like, "This is basically the trailer." Yeah. What are we gonna watch? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a nice space for us to record in because it's nice and soft, and we get good audio quality out of it. But occasionally we get panting dogs too. So yeah, They've been and now there. you get panting dogs as well. Yes. I think dogs are always being administered the whatever it was the the love potion N forty yeah the N forty I love you which which I thought it should have been uh, number nine but turns out it was named using a particular naming scheme yeah, yeah that was an interesting addition from the you know outside the scope of the story yeah it was funny to see him getting the names from the, the bingo card <laughs> yeah so full spoilers obviously uh, you know from here on out I mean obviously that's what we do it's modus operandi but. Uh, in the story, and the story is called Escape from Spiderhead, which I, I thought mm-hmm. it was an interesting story name, given, given what happens. Because, like I said, there's the innocuous stuff that just enhances your perception or increases your your verbal skills. Loquaciousness. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I'm impressed that, oh, that you're word. very loquacious and that you got that out without screwing up the word somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's the you know love potion number nine one, which obviously disinhibits you and, and makes you want to go back to back to back with somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really front to front, I suppose, but it could be. Depends. Never mind. Sorry. We won't, <laughs> we won't pick that up. Anymore. Don't rattle hold that one. But then, then there is Darken Flux, which is one right. that they administer that causes someone to basically go through... The, uh, the dark night of the soul concentrated into a drip, right? Mm-hmm. So like every negative thought you've ever had just piles in on you. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're attempting to do, at least according to the story, they're attempting to try and figure out once they give them the love potion and, you know, have them kind of make an attachment to a person. He, they do that with Jeff, with the main character, twice with two different women. And then they bring the two women into a room and say, which one of them gets the darkened flocks, hoping that he'll have a preference for one or the other. Right. To, to be spared from that because he knows what it's like. Right. Um, and, and it's it's an interesting, you know, thought experiment or, or moral quandary, right? Would, would you... There, there's been this uh, question that I've heard where they'll ask children, if you were... If you saw someone drowning that was a stranger, would you rescue them? Well, yes, I'd rescue them. What if the stranger was drowning and a dog was drowning? Who would you save and most children will save the dog because <laughs> because the stranger you know the, the the whole stranger danger thing they're more likely to you know i think mm. it, maybe it was their dog their dog yeah. yeah but like the idea of sparing people from from suffering and that's where the mm. escape comes in for me at the at the end because he's very reluctant to to say anybody should get it because he doesn't want anyone to get it he doesn't matter right. it doesn't matter who what he thinks of them yeah yeah which was a, a fl- yeah, it was a flaw in the experiment from the get-go. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, according to the story, right, they're, they're trying to study if there's any residual attachment from their drug, right? Because that could be pretty useful. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't account for a general just human empathy, right? Right, it doesn't, yeah, yeah. And, th- and that's exactly <laughs> that's why the, he doesn't do it, right? Just because That's he, the problem, right? Yeah. It's not, not that he doesn't care about them at all. He, he just, he doesn't care more about one of them than mm-hmm. the other, but wouldn't administer it to anybody if it could help it. Right. I'm curious if Bean's drinking is now. <laughs> it depends on how hot the microphone is, I suppose. <laughs> um, so then the Darken Fox one goes bad, right? Because they, they administer it to someone and essentially they, they, I can't remember how she kills herself. With a piece of chair. With well, no. Chair. Or she, she killed herself. Piece of whatever it was. They're, they're told that if you bump the unit, it could. No, no, no. In the, in the story. Oh, in the story? Yeah. In the story, he dies. She beats her head against a wall until she dies. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, so then, the way the the, The, you know, it's kind of a, it's a quite a brief story. You can you can read it if you really want to. It's on the New Yorker's site. You can find it. Don't. Um, (laughs) But so that happens, and you know, he's Jeff is horrified about this because he had to be there to witness it essentially. And so then it comes up again that he has to administer it to to another person, and he ends up administering it to himself. And killing himself. Right. Be- yeah. And yeah. I mean, he, he administered it to himself pretty much knowing that that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, well, that's his escape. But that is his escape. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's to me, that's right. where the story name comes from. Mm-hmm. And and it talks about at the end, right? He, he finally was able to not harm someone mm-hmm. um, yeah. other than himself, obviously. Right. And, and and to my mind, that was like the, you know, jumping on a grenade kind of thing. You're, you're, I won't do this to someone else. If it has to be done to someone, let it be done to me. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a heroic impulse. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make the story less dark. No, um, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, the movie changes a couple of things that I thought were interesting, 
where it makes it a little less reprehensible. It's still... The bingo card? Not the bingo card. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the accidental nature of the overdose of Darken Flocks. That happens the first time because they introduce yeah. okay. Chekhov's flooding, sure. right? right? That, yeah. that, that right. you know, make sure <laughs> yeah. not to jostle the the. You knew that was going to happen. What was it called? <laughs> the uh, unit. Yeah, it had a name, um, some kind of box, but yeah, uh, don't jostle it. You know, when you're going to pound town with somebody mm-hmm. because because you, you could end up getting flooded where where it's just like random dosages, which right. you, you'd think. <laughs> Maybe you'd want to get that part right. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Especially going through these kind of experiments. Yeah. And that, that's a story, compl- <laughs> that, that, that's an element that's completely yeah. external to the story. It's only in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that kind of, it, it. I think it tries to get Steve, you know, Abnesti a little bit off the hook, right? There, there was, they were going to give a little bit of Dark and Fox. There was going to be, obviously the person's going to be suffering because they're going through this, right. these terrible inner feelings but it wasn't supposed to be to that level right and so it but she she kind of starts feeling really bad and backs into the wind the the wall Mm -hmm. jostles it and go it goes into the overdose you would think they would have some sort of like quick sedation uh online you know they could pour in some anastazine like in uh next generation you know and put them just some like emergency override or they cut it off or something the uh the resources that they had for helping somebody in that case were woefully lacking. Inadequate. Yeah. Well, given the kind of experiments they were doing, mm-hmm. that's not too surprising yeah. because well, there are protocols which prevent you from doing this kind of stuff. Yes. So um, my wife is a, a professor. Mm-hmm. If um, and professors are continually doing you know research, and one yeah. of the things she does is research teaching methods. Mm. Before you can change your teaching methods to do uh, an experiment to see if it works better on students. You have right. to get university approval. Right. And it's, it's for this very thing. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, cool. I mean, there's a long history of, of experiments gone bad well, right? yeah. and, and experimenting on prisoners. Um, you know, you, the, the famous case of, of Dr. Mengele um, in the Nazi camps, right? Oh, right. I thought and you were the, the experiments. experiments. And <laughs> oh, yeah. The Stanford <laughs> pr- prison ones. experiment, right? And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's been yeah. some other things uh, like that as well. Um, right. Th- th- I have a book around here somewhere that's called Swords and Hilt Weapons or Hilt Weaponry. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, in the story on Japanese swords, it, it has a, a drawing and like a piece of art that's depicting a sword maker test cutting a sword on a prisoner. Yeesh. Wow, you know, it's essentially right. this prisoner is going to be executed, so let's test the sword on them, right? Because um, you uh, couldn't put it on huh. a, a dead subject, right? <laughs> that would yeah. be different. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't, you can't have the, uh, you know, the flesh analogs like they used on MythBusters. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, back in the day, Japanese people didn't have flesh analogs, so I suppose that's true. Um, but they did probably have dead people. Um, yeah. So, so it, right. It, it's gross that that kind of thing existed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can, you kind of knew something was messed up the first when they mentioned your when you find out they're prisoners, I guess, right? Yeah, well, like they don't really have a job. Well, so this is this is the other part. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to talk about the the sex part, right? Because obviously, if you're dosing somebody with something that makes them start mm-hmm. having sex with somebody, right? There's a question of consent there, right? And there are levels of sort of implied consent in this, in that they volunteered to to join the program, right? To to get out of the normal jail, mm-hmm. normal prison, right? That doesn't really cover it. That's, you know, no. out of the frying pan, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and then every time that they turn the drip on, they have to say acknowledge in order for them to, to do it. But they have to say it. Um, the movie takes it an extra step, which I thought was interesting, where, where it strips all the consent away. So we can, we can talk about that when we talk about the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, but yeah, so I feel like the movie tries to let him off the hook a little bit for that for that death uh, where where the lady kills herself with the piece of the chair mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. that was not the intent of that that thing. Um, but in the in the story, it talks about you know what if what if you could dose your you know an enemy army with darkened flux or with the love potion where where everybody's like hey let's not fight let's mm-hmm. let's all uh, you know have a big orgy. That would uh, <laughs> that'd be so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's there's scenes in the Old Testament, right, where where the where in in the narrative in in the text, oh. God confuses the the uh, enemy soldiers and they all turn on each other. That wouldn't be a moral thing for me to do if I could do it. <laughs> be like hacking the robots that are attacking you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. The robots, right? The robots, 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 robots. 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 Um, but but then your theory kind of goes out the window with the, the B six, right? With the B six, yeah, it, it it does make a bit of a change. Yeah. So in the story, when he refuses to give darkened flocks to either of the two people he's been forced to have sex with, um, they say, you know, we can give you the drug, which we will, you know, take away your ability to say no. Right. Right. You'll so, just say yes to everything we tell you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what's what's they have, say in the book too, right? Or, no, that's in the book. That's, that's only in the book. In the story. And the movie pulls on oh. that thread. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, then the movie kind of made it sound like they've been doing this the whole time with the B six, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So the whole time they've actually been <laughs> testing the B six drug on them, right? So they so they had no choice but to say yes mm-hmm. to have these things administered to them, and then kind of testing the boundaries of in what situations will they say yes? Right. Yeah. And right. I think yeah, that's where it was failing, and that's why it, mm-hmm. that's why Thor was trying to get the dude. To, Constantly say yes, right. And so then the the movie does the additional thing and, and introduces the uh, Journey Smollett character, Lizzie. For Jeff, yeah. I mean, she she's in there to be somebody that he can talk to. So you know, just have to have his interior monologue. He can talk about what the experience was like uh, doing the phobia uh, mm-hmm. test, right? Right. And and they can kind of talk to each other, and they talk to each other about their histories a little bit, right? You find mm-hmm. out that that Jeff is in there because he was in a car wreck that's progressively revealed to have been. More and more deadly, including killing right. this significant other. Right. Um, which I was I was looking up, and it's probably not a great thing to to Google. Not in an incognito <laughs> mode. You know what the, what the punishments are for for uh, drunken driving fatality, um, kind of things in Washington. And since he was a Mariners fan, uh, mm. I figured it was probably Washington. But if it's a class A, if it's a class A felony, it depends on the severity. Um, then it's up to life in prison. Yeah. Okay. So, and so he would have two counts plus reckless endangerment. Yeah, right. Driving. Yep. Yeah. There are probably multiple counts. So, so he could be in for a while. Yeah. Although the movie said he had been yeah. released seven weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, months. I mean, I mean that's seven, months, seven ago. months ago. Yeah. 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 That's the thing about, I mean, I, as a person who doesn't drink really at all, like I, I have very little sympathy for, mm-hmm. uh, for anybody who does drink and drive and, and, you know, I'm like, oh, we'll throw the book at him. You know, why should they get off right. easy? So, it's not very compassionate of me, um, but there it is. Yeah. Didn't have to do it. Well, I think that could be said about making this movie. Here's, here's the other thing. This was not just Netflix. This was the New Yorker Studios. Yeah. yeah and and Chris Hemsworth that. was one of the producers. And so out of all the things the New Yorker has uh-huh. had across their history you could pick to produce, mm-hmm. this is what they picked. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like, what, what is the deeper message here? I mean, obviously we shouldn't do this. Right, <laughs> right, which is something our culture has already known about for fifty years. Yeah, right. so yep. you know, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, I, I have a, well, a quote. Maybe they forgot about a website. <laughs> okay, you need a reinforcing. Um, <laughs> Don't <yeah>. do this. <laughs> 
So File 770, I've, I've mentioned it before, is a, a science fiction news site, uh, award-winning. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Glyer is, uh, I believe he's also a judge in the self-published science fiction competition. And he, mm-hmm. he has this to say about one of the things that he read. Um, my experience was that this book, the one he's reviewing, revolved around cruelty to children, even to pets. Clairvoyants learned to fight with a high degree of proficiency by killing an endless supply of live opponents, some kind of low-mentality clone. That doesn't require any moral qualms, right? Am I not entertained? Hmm. <laughs> I rapidly reached a point in this book comparable to my reading of Pablo Bacigalupi's, that's the correct way to say his name, right? Bacigalupi. Bacigalupi's book, The Wind-Up Girl, Mm. uh, which I quit in the middle because I wasn't willing to read about the protagonist's abuse as entertainment. Mm. Mm. Apparently, that's just me. The book went on to win the 2010 Best Novel for Hugo. It did. So, Hmm. there is apparently this, uh, there's a large group of people that find that kind of thing, you know, valuable and entertaining and... Yeah, uh, it's it's not something I share. Yeah, and you were saying during the movie, right, where, where it's presented comedically, the the people going crazy and mm-hmm. and being all over each other in front of you know knowing that there's people observing them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, completely disinhibited, and you know it it can make you laugh, and you're like you're laughing at people who are right. essentially being raped. They're raping each other, yeah. and yeah. both being raped by the experimenters. Um, yep, and so yeah, that's that's. All. Well, and we, we talked a, a brief amount, I think, during on a disc golf course about, you know, rape is usually having non-consexual sex from one person to the other. So when it's non-consexual on both sides, is, is it really rape? Yeah. And I, I don't think we have a word for it. And right. so yeah, I, yeah, I appropriated I, one. If you had two people who were roofied and ended up hooking up, mm-hmm. right, how do you decide culpability? Um, if, you know, if, if one of yeah. them turns out to, I mean, some, somebody might be like, oh, I mean, yeah, I guess I was okay with that. And the other, the other person might not be. And it would seem unjust for one, one of them to be accused right. of rape when they were both completely, you know, blasted mm. and not of their own free will. Right. Right. If they had both gotten drunk, that's a, that's a different thing, right? Because you made the decision to get drunk. Um, of course, this is, this is the kind of stuff that <laughs> is brought out against women when they make accusations. Well, you didn't have to get drunk. You know, and and no, sorry. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that, that's that's you, you, you still right? don't have to get raped. It starts with you didn't you didn't have to wear that dress, and it moves to exactly. you yeah. didn't have to talk to this person, mm-hmm. and it you moves didn't have to, to go to that party. You yeah. didn't you didn't have to change your mind in the middle. Yeah, right. Or yeah. you didn't have to drink, and that's why it's it's all wrong. Yeah, and the story and the movie don't have really anything all that complicated to say about the consent part of it. No. Other than other than in the movie, the big change is like you said the B6 where the real mm-hmm. drug that they're testing is a compliance drug. Um to make people perfectly compliant and what they find is that they're compliant up to a point. But when it when it when they get to a point of having to do something, you know, to some someone or something they love, then they won't do it. Yeah. I did think it was interesting the when they did the Dark and Flocks scene the it was an effective scene in that um they because of the kind of dispassionate narration that they had Miles Teller doing because he had been dosed with the you know the increase your the verbalese verbaluche verbaluche yes verbaluche um where he's where he's sitting there talking and and then you know continues beyond what she's going through and says i am culpable for this because essentially I, I agreed to do it. I didn't have to agree to do it, but I did. And then he finds out later. He, he did wasn't, you really? He, yeah, he didn't decide to do it. <laughs> right, Someone exactly. decided yeah. for him. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and then there's the uh, the G46 Laffodil, right? That, that's the one that uh, just the take your cares away and make you laugh about things that are... You laugh about everything. Yeah. Or they're laughing about uh, 
Abnesti being abandoned by his father. Yeah. Or laughing about Holocaust death numbers. Right. Yeah. Obedix. That's what the B6, that's what they were going to call it, right? Yeah. Obedix. Um, Obey. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the, the movie makes it uh, less of a downer ending, right? Because... They don't have to escape via death. <laughs> right, right. Je- Jeff and uh, Lizzie end up, you know, finding out that they were supposed to be already set free and they escaped the facility. And so presumably there's a record someplace that they've, their record is clear, but they're at least right. paid their debt. Yeah. Um, Steve crashes into a mountain. Screw that guy. Um, is that really just though? It's not. I mean, you'd, you'd like to see, you'd like to see him before a Senate committee, right? Right. Yeah, he should he should face trial and he should, he should mm-hmm. be punished through the system. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, yeah. At one point, Miles or uh, Jeff gets control of the rural control. Yeah, and he administers starts administering things to Steve. Yeah, and then Steve knocks the, the the thing out of his hand. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe we should be cheering because Steve is obviously the villain here. Mm-hmm. But the things that are being done to him are just as bad as were right. being done to everyone else, and so it doesn't make it right. Yeah, uh, even is not always just. No, I mean, if if you're using a weapon on somebody and they get it out of your hands and use it on you, yep. Oops. Oops. that seems fair play. <laughs> um, but the kind of things, that, you know, if if somebody swings a baseball bat at you and you end up grabbing it and hitting them with it, well, I'm not I'm not going to quibble that you. I mean, maybe you could have made a d- different decision. But if you're still in danger, you can defend yourself. Yeah, and he was technically still in danger at that point, and that's when he found out that he was supposed to have been already released. Um, there's evidently not very tight oversight of this kind of thing, which is not a stretch. Um, it's not, not far-fetched, right? That, that they're, 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 I'm sure there's shadowy things being done that aren't being fully reported to the oversight committees or are filled with people who just want the money. Perhaps. Or want to be able to flood the, you know, the city water supply with <laughs> OBDX, right? That's, that's what they're talking about, right? We're, we're going to cure wars and, and violence we, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we're going to make people not take their son's to uh, foster care and then walk off. Yeah. Right. Better living through chemistry. Yeah. That won't work. No. Um, I mean, th- th- it was like in Serenity, right? The packs. We, we thought they, they, yep. they're, they're going to come back around to the idea that you can make people better. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was, you know, interesting thing that they did where, where the story is very dark. Um, the movie doesn't exactly end on an up, but at least, you know, like it, it has a little glimmer. <laughs> <laughs> that at least they escaped with their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not everybody did. Uh, th- there's there's the additional thing of, uh, I don't remember what the character's name was, um, who's just sitting in a room, oh, Dave, sitting in a room gorging himself, throwing up, and then they ask Continue him how he feels. Hungry, you know, they're giving him something to, I guess I guess that wouldn't be used for people with eating disorders. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Jeez. But, yeah. It, it does make me wonder about, you know, when you... <laughs> If you ever see, and you have seen, ads for pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. right, that are like, this thing will improve your life. It'll do everything great. And then it goes through the list of side effects. You know, serious <laughs> side effects, including death, have occurred. Like, the, I, I, mean, I mean... List of side effects as long as they're commercial itself? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> do not take this drug if you are allergic to it. Yeah. I've I never taken the drug, <laughs> yeah. and so I yeah. don't know. How would I know it? So, so then if you take it and you're allergic to that, like, oh, we did tell you not to take it if you were allergic to it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fairly certain that would not hold up in a legal court. I, I yeah. I think, I think that pharmaceutical ads should not happen because yeah. um, I'm not going to go to my doctor and override his judgment in giving me a medication. 
Right. Well, but the whole point is, right, they want, they want you taking it. So they want you to go to your doctor and ask about the drug. Yep. So, and, and at the same time, of course, they're bribing doctors to prescribe these things. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of cons- uh, corruption in the pharmaceutical industry. I just want everybody to know we're not anti-vax or anything. Just, just <laughs> you, you can you can believe in the sa- safety and efficacy of vaccines and also think that the pharmaceutical industry is out of control. Yeah, right. So, uh, anything else to talk about? No, we don't, we don't have to go long on this one. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said, "Wow, you're the most attractive person I've ever seen." <laughs> uh, rank them. No award. No, no award. Oh, I like no award category. <laughs> yeah. I have to go with, uh, I think, trailer, then book, then movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Reduced exposure? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not as... Like, we've talked about the the reprehensibility of, of a lot of this. Uh, and yet, you know, I did I did say to Colin, I, I enjoyed the story. Sure, sure. And, and he, he was like, what do you mean <laughs> by, by you enjoyed that story? And I, I've been, we've been talking about this. I'm not as empathetic as Colin, um, probably in general. It's certainly in reading a story, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't put myself right in it. Yeah. I am um, not an objective reader. Yeah. And so, so I'm always looking for, oh, that's an interesting thought experiment. Or, or you know, is this, is this poking fun at the, not poking fun, obviously it's not fun, but is it talking right. about the pharmaceutical industry? Is it talking about the way that governments want to control people? And I don't know. And, and so that, that leads me to believe that perhaps as that experiment, it failed. Yeah. So why, why would someone write something like this? I don't know. I'd have to get George Saunders to answer what, what we're going for here. Yeah. Well, you know, George Sonder is a is a multiple award winning author. Yeah. Um, and what he wrote, he wrote really well. I mean, the yeah. the, the prose was nice, and uh, it was you know engaging, and it was. I mean, it had a good kind of upping of the stakes. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, the build was the build was good. And, the progressive and, reveal. Yeah, and you know, like I said, the thing I liked about it was I liked I liked the whole uh, him escaping the only way he could escape. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there have been there have been you know stories of people under torture who try to find a way to end their life, to end the torture and to, you know, avoid giving up state secrets or betraying people. Uh, Yeah. The the problem with it was I thought it kind of uh, romanticized committing suicide as, as he was dying, you know, the birds flying away and he was flying with them. He was describing what it was like to die. Mm. Yeah. This story, if it was meant to talk about government overreach or lack of farm or or pharmaceuticals being greedy, well, then you end the story with them busting in as he's about to press the button to administer the darkened flocks mm. and then, you know, finding out, you know, that this person has been lying and it's corrupt. That, that isn't what happened. Yeah. Where you, you could say, you know, what's it like to die? He describes all this stuff and he says, but you know, they were able to revive me. Mm. <laughs> so, so that was just probably just random firings. It was like the, there was the scene in um, midnight mass when, when the, the two kind of the two leads are talking about what it's like to die. What, what happens after we die? And the, the one is very, you know, naturalistic atheist and, and the other is a little more spiritual. Right. Um, and, and he talks about, you know, random firings of things where it seems like, you know, you're, you're in this, you've in this euphoric state, you know, as your brain dies, that that's kind of what the end of the book or end of the story reminded me of. Hmm. Midnight Mass did it better. <laughs> uh, so you have yet to uh, rank them. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to rank them because it's not a very good movie. It's it's fine. It, you know, it's shot competently. Um, oh, it's I, not I, super clear. I, yeah, it wasn't. It was very right. clear. Like yeah. there were the jumps. 
It's like, well, is this ahead or back? Because they went back to it once, and they went back. Mm-hmm. They went back several times to, to different things, but but it, like it wasn't nonlinear. It's just like it wasn't clear: is this a flashback? Is that a flash forward? Um, and that's yeah, that's down to some of the craft of yeah. putting the film together. Yeah, it did seem um, to swap. It's I think it's it's only got like a two point six on Letterboxd, which is a, you know that's it's like the audience score on or like, like the IMDb score. Yeah, it was five out five on IMDb. Five point five. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's probably fair. Yeah, um, I haven't seen the Rotten Tomatoes yet, or or forty four percent, forty four percent, yeah, and thirty five percent audience score according right. to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. So so I'll be curious to to hear some other people's thoughts on the on the movie. Um, so if the audience score is worse than the critic score, you know it's really yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to encourage anybody to watch it, but if you did, let us know mm-hmm. what you what you thought of it, um, or if you just watch the story. trailer and be done. <laughs> yeah, watch the trailer. That's the story. The trailer the trailer is very canonical. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elaine's home. So we should sign off. So next month, Jim, James has already read uh, Make Room, Make Room by Harry Harrison, which was adapted into Soylent Green. I made room, mm-hmm. made room. Yes. Which is uh, set in 2022, right? Yeah. So, or at least the movie is. I don't know about the story. The story is not. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, so since my wife's about to walk in the door, we're going to sign off. So right. thank you everybody for listening. Um, may the road rise up to meet you and may the book always fall open to where you left off. Bye, everybody. Ciao. Oh, I never really did rank it, did I? Nope. Said, you, can just, you can leave it right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got no award there, too. Pull a no award. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>